Well, welcome back to another episode of Parker's Pensies. This is a podcast where we explore thoughts in philosophy, theology, nature, and life. I love thinking about cool stuff, so come think with me. Now today, uh, this might fit in life. I'm not sure where we're putting it. Um, it's not in nature. It's not. It's kind of some, I don't know. We'll see. You guys tell me. But uh, we're going to be talking about Star Wars and Star Wars theory. We're going to be talking about the Sith because uh, we have a Star, Star Wars expert with us. Uh, we got Chris Worms. Uh, Chris uh, Wormskirch, I believe, um, but uh, he's he's a friend from back in the day uh, when we had this uh, Blog Buddies group, which was a terrible name, but uh, we used to get together um, with me and the Crossway boys, uh, bros, and we would hang out and do all sorts of fun stuff. So uh, without further ado, before I put my foot in my mouth anymore, <laughs> Chris, thanks, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I, I've been getting more into Star Wars, like theory, Star Wars, legendarium, whatever. I don't. All these are technical terms now, but uh, I've been getting into that stuff because of Mandalorian. Because uh, a couple years ago, I was supposed to be raising support for my ministry, and I would get really down on myself, and I would just watch uh, Clone Wars just yep. on repeat. And so it was just in there deep. And then uh, because of uh, because of Mandalorian. All that Clone Wars knowledge is starting to really pay off. So yeah, sort of, people texting you being like, hey, so what's this black lightsaber? Now? Right, right, oh, right. you don't even know, man. Yeah, and it's been so much fun to watch. So, I mean, it's a fun it's a fun show to watch, but when you first saw that black lightsaber, or the black saber, the dark saber, sorry, uh, it like blows your mind. You're like, wait, I know that thing. What yeah, you're heck? like, okay, this is yeah. in here. Yeah. yeah, and I was watching it with my family, who like, my mom's got a pretty good, like, maybe like, higher than average like of the movies okay so she's like oh, i know that's something yeah but like i'm like that, no that's like something yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just sitting there like, well that was a fun episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm like oh no seriously well okay so before we jump in too much and, and and nerd out um extreme like we're going to uh tell us a little bit about yourself like like uh yeah what do you do what have you done and then we can get into the star wars stuff yeah um so primarily, well, up until last summer, I would have characterized myself first as a student. Yeah. I just graduated with the MDiv and all my hopes to continue that process were kind of dashed by COVID mm-hmm. because, you know, if you're in the middle of it, you just adapt. But right. I just felt like this was not the time to start anything else. Right. So kind of taking this year to work, I work at Crossway in sales. Mm-hmm. We've, uh, well, it, you know, you've, you know, all the students from Elmhurst crew. So yeah. I've really stepped up with the crew of students at Elmhurst. Yeah. It's been awesome. preaching with them for a while, uh, getting to know a lot of those kids. It's a, it's a great crew. I love them. Pun intended. Crew, I love yeah. them a lot. So in the way they've been able to adapt, has been insane. So yeah, it, that's been a lot of it. This year it's just like ministry from home and working from home. So right. just like everyone else, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's huge. So, so you got your MDiv there, and when I first went over to your house, I looked at your bookshelf, and I'm looking for theology books, and I was looking at the wrong one because I'm seeing all these Star Wars books. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wh- where did that come from, and where did you? How did you get into Star Wars? 
Well, now if you can see behind me, they're touching, so you can see them at the same time. Ah, finally. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have one in the middle. That's the one that keeps my theology books and Star Wars such from touching. Uh, that good. way they don't burn on fire when the idols touch the Bibles. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> That's safe, yeah. But yeah, it was one of those things where it got me early enough. I think the first time I remember watching it, I was having a, I was staying the night at my cousin's place. We were trying to find a movie to stay up all night, and we put on the Star Wars movies. And it was like VHSs. I remember like being, he's like, dude, this this animal's going to get its guts ripped out during episode five. And I'm like looking yeah. away because I'm so young. <laughs> but yeah, I something like clicked in there. And I just, I have all these pictures from 1999 of six year old Chris dressed up as Darth Maul to go see the midnight premiere that, like, my mom, I, I don't know why my mom's taking a six-year-old to a midnight <laughs> premiere, but it's a different time, man. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, but she was she was also six when episode four came out, and she saw okay. it opening week. So it was just kind of a fun parallel. I think she wanted to help, um, kind of revive. But yeah, after that, it turned into like you finding out there were Star Wars books, and yeah. I love reading. So it was like way, way beyond my reading level and experience. But I just, I'd have all these recesses of um, just sitting, reading the books and people would be like, you want to play Foursquare? And I was like, why? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, are the, did the books come after the original movies? Yeah. So the first book comes out in, so the movies, New Hope is in 77. First book mm-hmm. is in 78. Okay. The first non-novelization. So it's right there. Okay. And then it pretty much until, I mean, 85 is probably the last book until about the mid nineties, which is when Thrawn comes in and just revolutionizes okay. everything. So you might okay. hear that Thrawn's like the savior of star Wars. And in a sense, he was, he was the John the Baptist to fandom menaces. Jesus. He, he said <laughs> okay. for all of us to come back in. Okay. Okay. So, uh, oh wow, that's interesting. Okay, wait. Um, who wrote, who's writing these books? Is it is it Lucas or is it Ghostwriters or is it a pop? Yeah, so the first one's attributed to Lucas, but it's a ghostwriter, uh, Alan Dean Foster. Who, if you've ever read like the Alien novelization, he wrote that. He mm-hmm. it's kind of like you know when you go to half price books and you just see a big pile of sci fi books all with the same author and you've never yeah. heard of any of them. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah of author that he is okay and now are they good or is it just pumping them out oh goodness there are they're never going to be like on a literature class i don't think i mean there are some pretty good ones and like a lot of new york new york times bestsellers do come into them but it's also one of those things where if you're not one and you write a star wars book you get put on the list because you wrote a star wars book right 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 Uh, Interesting. I what it's come down to now is it's a it's a lot of fans for good or for ill, whereas like they like Star Wars so they're writing Star Wars they're excited to. Um, oh okay. But there's some that's just like truly, like, just truly bad. It yeah. it, it runs the gamut. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. You have to be into like licensed fiction, I think. Okay. Uh, okay. So here's another thing that that's changed my perspective. I, I started getting it a lot, like reading a ton of Philip K. Dick. I love uh, PKD. Uh, love that. And I started thinking of Star Wars as like sci-fi. And I was like, that's weird. It's not sci-fi, but is it sci-fi? And so like, what do you think? Is it science fiction? What do you think? It 
I, this is again one of those things. It depends on who you ask, because okay. some writers are going to lean into sci-fi super hardcore. So, yeah. um, thinking of oh man, there's like one author, James Luceno. He he's like got this brilliant technical mind. He should be writing like Air Force manuals. I actually think <laughs> he did, but okay. like you you hear all about the inner workings of an X-wing and how it works in space. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, are you familiar with the Expanse at all? Yeah, I just started watching a little bit. Okay, so without spoiling much, you know how physics actually plays a really big role in the expanse. Yeah, I should have been paying attention more. Well, um, so yeah, sure. <laughs> so like, like when they they can't do hard stops in the expanse because they're yes, going to slam yes, against yes. the wall and that's die. That's been pretty sweet. Yeah, I've yeah, that. yeah, that's not Star Wars. So right. and that's it. So there's like the science part is just kind of out. It's yeah, you hand wave it all away. Like there's yeah, there's some gravity and space kind of stuff in yeah, the, uh, yeah. one of the new ones. Yeah, yeah. All the bombs um, dropping, falling down. Unless that was continuing its inertia, I don't know. But yeah, well, they that one they say is magnets. Like oh, okay. they're magnetically pushed out of the ship, and then yeah, they that's clamp. not so bad. Just magnets. yeah, okay. So so, but there's some that go like, if you, I know this is so basic. Count Lord of the Rings as fantasy, mm-hmm. like your benchmark for fantasy. It gets a little more fantasy esque, but not in yeah. like a lore way, but in a hand wavy way. Oh, like, okay. We're gonna go like. In one of the late books, 2014, Luke goes into the Force in his mind and finds this fount of knowledge where he mystically sees the future. And, mm. like, how does all this work with the energy field? And you know, they're not, they're not going to say. They're going to yeah. call it the Force and move that question yeah, off the table. Yeah, Force covers so, a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so it's, it's sci-fi as much as it, like, it's sci-fi in the sense that sci-fi is a nice little hand wave yeah it's fantasy as much as fantasy is a hand wave <laughs> yeah so. okay okay so so i went through this other phase when i'm when i'm studying really hard i i want to just learn random stuff i'm like mm-hmm. in learning mode but i don't want to learn what i'm supposed to be learning and so like i Amen. i went through this uh, yeah i went through a talking phase and uh i read through the trilogy again and then i was like into fandom kind of stuff and there's there's a YouTube video for everything. There's a channel for everything. Yeah. And then there's YouTube beef between channels. <laughs> and so yeah. I was, I was deep into, uh, 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 Luminor and Luvatar and, and all these good stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it was really cool. Cause there's a lot of backstory and the YouTube videos aren't super good, but it's just interesting hearing how passionate these dudes are or, or ladies about the stuff. And then I mm-hmm. found that similar thing in star Wars. And what I found in Star Wars is that a lot of the stories that people are telling, and a lot of times they'll do it from Star Wars Legends or something like that, the video mm-hmm. game, I think. And the stories are really interesting. But a lot of times the way it's played out in the movies is not interesting. <laughs> it's like you had such a great idea, but you didn't – you could have done more with it. Yeah. Or, or you could have portrayed it better, I guess. Maybe that's the problem. Mm-hmm. But so the, the, the Star Wars – like the actual story is really interesting. So that's why I want to talk to you about um, starting with Sith, with the, mm-hmm. with the story of the Sith. Um, can, can we just jump in, you think? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so okay. I wanted, I really like Palpatine and mm-hmm. there's probably something wrong with me, but I, I really like him. I, I, I'm something wrong with me. Yeah. Uh, just the way he's playing chess, the Clone Wars was awesome. The, the way he did that. So, who is Palpatine? You wrote a whole article about this, which was really good, really good, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, basically, let, let me actually, yeah. I'll do that nice thing. I'll back up a little bit. Nice, nice. So, we, basically, you've got this situation 200 years before Phantom Menace. Uh, it's the period of the High Republic, and 
so these books are all supposed to come out tomorrow. So I'm not, so tomorrow being the fifth. So I'm not going to spoil like anything. I technically like you have, no one's had a chance to read them. So for me to say anything. Oh, cool. cool. uh, Basically the problem is like hyperspace lanes are being developed 200 years to get Ah. you out into the frontier. So Mm -hmm. 200 years before the movies, there's like, you know, Lewis and Clarking still going on. We've got about half of the galaxy and now it's moving out. Okay. So a huge disaster just knocks off all chances the Republic has of traveling. So if you think about even 200 years ago in like our history, that's America's still a baby. Yeah. So to give you, to give us a little context, like 200 years sounds like a lot, but even for us, it's not. So you've got all of this, like all these problems brewing around hyperspace lanes and trading. So you're like, Oh, this kind of sounds like the Phantom Menace's crawl. So actually, yeah. Like, the fandom menace is like actually once you understand it everything else kind of falls into place so much better okay so he he comes up on naboo he's a, he's kind of like this he's like an aristocrat of sorts in the sense that his dad's super rich and it gets him into politics and you know and his dad didn't like he didn't want to be a politician but he Shiv or palpatine like wanted him to or something yeah yeah okay. and um you get this sense that Palpatine also killed him at some point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so at some point, Palpatine's like coming up in Naboo's power. Okay. And so he's not on the galactic stage. And it's at somewhere at this point that Darth Plagueis gets a hold of him. He senses his like anger, his desire for greed and power and lust, and kind of takes him under his wing. And for a while, you kind of get this sense that Palpatine's like this real like political navigator. Yeah. But at the same time, from we learn we don't actually learn this all the way until episode nine's novelization. So okay. this is March of last year that Palpatine or Plagueis is also teaching Palpatine all this alchemy and all of these like ways to extend his life forever. Because you know the the tragedy of Darth Plagueis is he wants to extend his life, right? And Palpatine kind of hints, oh, he might have figured this out. Yeah, and it turns out actually he's gotten really, really, really close. Yeah. Okay. But when Palpatine kills him in his sleep, it completely just knocks off any chance that he has of actually doing it. Did he? Uh, did he crack it? You think before he he was murdered? Well, Palpatine does. Okay. So maybe so play close enough for yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so we don't really know where the fall, like how Plagueis doesn't get there. Yeah. Um, we we just kind of get this idea that he's involved up until about Phantom Menace. But um, so in the Legends canon, before Disney takes over, he's involved all the way up until episode two. Okay. But as far as we know now, he's off the table a lot sooner. Interesting. So, 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 so Disney changed all the legend stuff. Yeah. So, it, I mean, this is like hundreds of comics and novels, like, and they want to make movies and TV shows without having to worry about it. So, like, for for context, you wouldn't have Mandalorian without this wipe because oh. at the same time. The solo kids, the the three kids of Han and Leia are growing up. They're getting kidnapped weekly. Uh, <laughs> Sith Lords are always over them. The Huts have developed a super like Mandalorian just wouldn't be able to happen. Okay, so if you like Mando, you're probably thankful Disney cut it all. <laughs> were, were people pretty upset by the wipe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just years um, and years of yeah. Which Lots it's like it's all it's all fake, so you can still <laughs> read them all, but right. You know. Yeah, I'm not gonna bully anyone right that, about that. But yeah, yeah. So 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 anyway, you've got Palpatine. He's on Naboo. He's become he's rising to political power, and he's kind of working with the Trade Federation 
uh, if you remember the Nemoidians, the the alien frog species, to yeah. he, he's really just riling them up. So <clears throat> the Republic is taxing them. They're trying to trade on the hyperspace lanes, but they're getting taxed to death because, well, I mean, they're a corporation. You need money. You don't tax planets. You tax corporations. That's yeah. the thought, right? Yeah. So Palpatine gets him riled up, and he says, hey, why don't you start blockading these planets? And does, does he get them riled up as as um, Sidious though? Like, how, how do they not see that this dude? <laughs> when he when he like literally turns around in his office, pulls his hood down, yeah, and, like, hey, we'd yeah. like to know who we're working with here. Yeah, well, so all we really like in episode one, remember that like, how is this possible? Is that legal? And Palpatine said, or to them, Sidious says, "I'll, I'll make, make it. it legal. Yeah, make it legal. So, yeah. They have no idea like who this guy, how he's working." for them but he there's just seeing he's making it happen and doesn't he have isn't like part of his his powers like uh, manipulation and like tricking people and, and that kind of stuff yeah but at this rate you almost don't even need it because the situation is becoming so volatile uh, that they're like anyways. working with him okay um so he didn't he didn't manipulate that situation that's something that just kind of naturally came about yeah, so they're already getting taxed. They're cool. already like getting crushed by these taxes. But he didn't. And, he didn't like put forward hard taxes over in no, the Senate. No, side no, or no. Anything? Okay. So, so he's just seeing like, hey, this is getting like they're getting mad. It would yeah. be like if we were start taxing Walmart every time they tried to deliver something. Like yeah. they're huge. They would have some sort of say. Okay. And the problem is they've got a seat on the Senate for some reason. Like they yeah, don't represent weird. their planet. They represent like themselves on the senate yeah so walmart now has a seat in the house of representatives yeah, is essentially yeah, what's going yeah. on here. interesting okay so, that's helpful so not only is he like he's getting them mad on a corporate side but this is also politically a problem so yeah. this is when like chancellor valorum sends qui-gon and obi-wan to their ship to see what's going on yeah but even that's illegal like you can't send the jedi on secret clandestine missions for political gain yeah. So you know when when Queen Amidala says, "Hey, the Trade Federation is blockading our planet, and we are dying," and Valorum says, "Ah, you know, we better go check that out." I there's no way to know that, even though he already sent the Jedi. It's yeah. It's legal. He can't. He can't admit he that. He can't legally say, "Oh, we have the evidence." Yeah. I illegally sent spot superpowered spies to figure this out. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. So so Palpatine like knows that the Jedi were sent. And he's forcing Valorum's hand to either admit he's doing something illegal Ooh. or forcing the booze hand. I never caught that because that that opens up the chance for him to be the chancellor. Exactly. Right. So Queen Amidala, that's when she puts in the vote of no confidence because Palpatine is kind of – he hasn't told her as much. But he's like, dude's not going to be able to do anything. And I know that for a fact. And why did, why did, he, pick, uh, why did he pick his own planet to – to get them to to blockade I, you know i think it's just he saw the opportunity that they had debt with him they okay. had debt with the trade fitter everyone has debt like it'd be a sense you can't not have debt to these like their spacefaring freight company okay like you're gonna have debt so he just brings it down on them i think um okay but also he he kind of manipulates events to get padme as queen so early because he thinks this 14 year old kid is going to be easy to manipulate yeah like you know you know your home world you know your home politics if you're gonna mess with some planet do your own yeah um like you ask me who's the governor of 
Illinois, I can tell you. You ask me Iowa, any other surrounding yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Might yeah. as well just work with what I have. Yeah. Um, so when you start supporting like fourteen year olds and stuff, we're gonna know that you're onto something. Yeah, yeah. Something's some going down. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, so he helps Padme is gonna help him out. And she like unwittingly does, but she's like standing in his way pretty bad, like trying to fight the Trade Federation off through well, okay. force rather than the law i didn't yeah i didn't understand his original plan there like i thought that his plan went came together perfectly because now he's a chancellor but but i think in your article you're saying that he was kind of thwarted a little bit a little bit yeah i you don't like the 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 his original idea i think is that you get the trade federation to unseat valorum and then he comes in as the hero says okay get the heck out of here we're gonna uh, we're gonna be here but then Naboo kind of frees itself with Padme, Qui-Gon, and Obi-Wan. And Jar Jar. Killing Jar- yeah, and Jar Jar. Well, and then Jar Jar, he gets to use again. So, but then that's that's the irony of the end of Phantom Menace is his plan's kind of been foiled, but then they hand all the power to Palpatine on a silver platter. Yeah. So instead of like him having to maneuver his way in, all the heroes are like, hey, here's the chancellery. Here's the chancellery. Here's the... yeah." The sign of peace on Naboo. That's why, like, the whole victory march at the end of Phantom Menace is done to a, it's the Emperor's theme in a higher key. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, like, they're all celebrating, hey, you know, evil's been defeated. Here, Darth Sidious, here's all your power. Yeah. Dang. Well, okay, so um, another thing is, like, how, I've looked this up a little bit, but for people at home, how the heck did all these Jedi not, they came so close with Palpatine. How did they not know that he was a Darth? Uh, Darth yeah. Lord? Yeah. So you've kind of got this. I, so back to the 200 years before Yeah. Um, in the high Republic era, the Republic and the Senate are like, they work together like super well. Like their relationship is flourishing. The chancellor is using the Jedi for good. And the Jedi are like super in tune with the force. But after 200 years, this it's, they've like melded a little too much huh. where the Jedi lose their autonomy. They just become agents of the Republic. And then whatever Palpatine wants, they just trust. Like they have no reason to think there's a bad dude in the Senate. Yeah, because they're, well, I think also, wasn't there, there like hasn't been a Sith Lord in a, a certain amount of time? In a thousand before. years. Yeah. Oh. Well, that they know. Of. Okay. So, so essentially like, you've got, what? Just play, uh, I would say yeah. plagius because yeah. um, like because it smelled it? like plague in that yeah okay so how do you say but, it plagius uh, plagius yeah okay okay so so yeah so you've got the republic and the jedi melding too much um yeah so a thousand years before phantom menace uh sith lord darth bane wipes out most of the sith except for him and his apprentice and sets up the rule of two rule of two okay so but, bane did that yeah yeah so as far as you know as far as the jedi knew bane died too okay so they think that when he wipes out the Sith, he wipes himself out. But but he didn't. No. So okay. he survives. He has a he has a Sith apprentice who kills him, and then somehow the chain of events gets us to Episode One. Okay. Well, so I think in one of them, I just watched the the uh, original three or the mm-hmm. first three, not the original, right? But, yeah. uh And I think Yoda was like, when they took out Darth Maul, he was like, "Did we kill the apprentice or the master? Because there's always two, no uh-huh. more, no less." So, like, how did Yoda know about this rule of two if he thought that Bane was dead? If he thought they were dead. Yeah. Right. I, that's a great question. Okay. And the thing that I love about that scene is he's like, did we kill Master Apprentice? And the camera immediately pans to Palpatine. <laughs> it's like, George is like, do you get it? Yeah. <laughs> did did everyone know that? Um, 
I, I was too young to like remember anything. I think maybe my brothers told me, but do you think anyone was surprised at, at any like that Palpatine was deserving? Have been. Okay, because they made it's the obvious. same actor. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, was he the original? Yeah. He was the original? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, I thought that originally, but then I looked it up the other day and I thought there was a different guy, but he yeah. played him in the original ones. Yeah, he plays Wait. him in episode six. So a monkey, a monkey played him in episode five, but he plays him in episode six. <laughs> a monkey played him? Yeah. Yeah. So in the scene with the uh, big hologram head, when uh-huh. Vader finds out finds out who Luke is, yeah. uh, does the chimpanzee wearing makeup. What? That's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Uh, it is kind of crazy. That's but you should have known. Yeah. If you're like if you're like kind of paying more attention, but they still want to play it a little under the current. So okay. if you don't know, you're not gonna accidentally find out. Okay, okay. But, so the third so so they you know, there's no Sith for a thousand years. And Yoda's born right after the Sith kind of are wiped out. So totally, yeah, he's like nine hundred years old or yeah, right. so it's only been a hundred years since Bane. So he could have just still heard Maybe okay. they didn't think Bane died. I don't know, but okay. so there's no Sith for a thousand years. The chains or the Republic and the Jedi are molding too much, but also the Jedi Temple on Coruscant is built over a Sith Temple. So oh. about five thousand years before Episode One, there's a war on Coruscant where the Jedi kill a bunch of Sith who built a temple, and so the Jedi say, "Let's build a temple right on top of theirs." So they force the temple underground, build theirs on top. So like the the dark the darkness like creeps up and there's yeah. a novel um called tarkin where palpatine builds his office in the basement of the jedi temple because hmm. that's where the sith temple is and he's he's like seeing the future and he senses something in the unknown regions which uh-huh. we know now is exegol yeah he, like senses all the sith out there but he's under the jedi temple doing it so it's like is that, is that like official canon or is that yeah yeah oh interesting that's crazy. Literally growing up underneath. Literally right yeah. on, below. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, okay. So, um, Plagueis. Oh yeah. When did, when did Plagueis, like, when do we think he got like offed? off? It, it was probably around Phantom Menace. Okay. But we're not a hundred percent. Cause anything that, anything that we have official before episode one. So we have the story of when Palpatine goes to get Darth Maul. We have the time where he, when he tempts Dooku, like, so there's this story about he goes to Dathomir, he meets uh, Maul's mom and takes Maul away. We also see him talk to Dooku uh, during this crisis on Dooku's home planet and says, hey, why don't you leave the Jedi? Wink, wink. And Dooku's like, oh, I don't have any reason to write this second, but, you know, call me. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. But we don't hear about Plagueis during any of this. So as far as we know, like... It could have. Pro- I would imagine it's around episode one because you start getting too many like apprentices, and Plagueis is going to be like, uh, "Excuse me, like, yeah, right, going on here." <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So, so yeah, there's this rule of two. Um, I I watched a video recently when I was supposed to be studying uh, about uh, like Plagueis might have wanted to get Dooku in order to like oust uh, Palpatine. And that have you ever heard anything like that? You know, like maybe because Dooku's like pretty high in the Jedi, and he's got some pretty like obvious, some pretty like public disagreements. And he's so a he cop, a right? He, like, he could have been a yeah. political figure the same way. Yeah, yeah. Palpatine. It'd be like if you got Prince Harry on your side. Yeah, like, he's not the king, but he's pretty much like yeah. right there. 
Okay. So, so um, okay. So we, we know the story about Maul. Uh, another thing, uh, Palpatine has Dooku as his, as his mm-hmm. apprentice. Uh, but then Dooku has, uh, I forgot her name. Ventress. Ven- yeah. yeah, Ventress. How, how was that okay? <laughs> well, it, it kind of comes down to like, the rule of two, two isn't like an ontological thing. Like it's not like you can only physically have two Sith. It's just like a guideline. So but it yes. wasn't, wouldn't Palpatine be like, all right, I, I think he eventually told Dooku. Like, he eventually yeah, says, yeah, killer. But why was he okay with it at all? Well, there comes a sense like Palpatine's breaking it. Like he's got Dooku and Maul around the same time. Yeah. But, right. Uh, I, I think what it is is you get someone so like let's just stick Palpatine, Dooku, and Asajj. You think if Dooku trains Ventress, trains Ventress well enough, she can kill Dooku and become Palpatine's uh, like yeah. better. It's like it's. Yeah. I mean, it's it's exactly what we see at the beginning of Episode Three when Palpatine tells Anakin kill Dooku, right? Because I'm going to get you in a couple hours. Like yeah. you are right. objectively better. Yeah, and was. Yeah, that that brings again. Like, uh, I I guess there's this weird lore, and I never I never caught this when we first watched it, or when I first watched it as a kid. But uh, in in the Phantom Menace, uh, the the mom, she what's her name? But the mom, oh, uh, Anakin's mom. Yeah, yeah. She was like, there was no father, and so then yeah. you find out it's like this miraculous birth. And then I guess someone said like that was Plagueis, and he was like manipulating and made her give birth to Anakin and that was like I don't know any thoughts on like how that happened yeah so you get this idea that so explicitly in the drafts for episode three Palpatine tells Anakin yeah we created you like you're just a force being but you get the sense in um but that's removed so it's kind of hinted it's what you like are led to believe okay but then you get to um okay what Darth Vader volume two issue 25 and Anakin is, or Vader's having this like force vision and he thinks he's about to get Padme back. And instead it's just like the force is torturing him essentially. And he gets a Ooh. scene where like he sees a pregnant Shmi holding her stomach and like this like ghostly Palpatine wrapping his arms around her. So he gets yeah. this idea that he might be behind that, but it's never okay. like, no one's like explicitly come out and said it. Um, okay, but yeah, you get this idea that when Plagueis is messing with the midichlorians to extend his own life, you get this baby who's born instead. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah. Well, okay, dude, we've been jumping all over. I hope you're cool with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Totally. So, so they're like Anakin's supposed to be the chosen one. Uh, he's supposed to bring mm-hmm. he's supposed to bring balance uh, to the Force, which should have been really terrifying for them to think about because there's a ton of Jedi and there's no sith apparently to them for a while that should be really scary like what what is what is order or what does balance look like here well that's the question so the prophecy basically says that the chosen one born without a father is going to bring this balance and qui-gon is obsessed with jedi prophecies yeah so he he sees this kid without a father and thinks oh this is the dude this is the one but kind of i think and I think Luke gets to this in The Last Jedi, that balance isn't necessarily the absence of one. Like he says, like when he's telling Ray about the force, death, life, chaos, pain, rebirth, yeah. birth. Um, but the I think balance is more about like the perversion of 
like the force, like anyone using it for greed and lust and envy and anger, like forcing themselves on the force. So the dark side doesn't necessarily exist as something that you need for balance. But it's when it's the balance itself is perversion of it. So when Palpatine's extending his life or when Plagueis is creating babies or they're shredding the molecules in the air into lightning, like that's, that's like the, that's perversion imbalance that yeah, yeah. so it, it kind of also gets a little flattened so the last jedi visual dictionary confirms that anakin does bring balance when he kills palpatine and that's it like the sith are gone so the prophecy's been fulfilled okay and so whatever snoke and whatever kylo do doesn't necessarily knock it out of balance again but then turns out Palpatine. Turns out Palpatine's actually somehow Palpatine has returned. Yeah. The glorious piece of screenwriting. Yeah. I was I was super stoked for that, even though like my incredulity was like going off the off the lot. But I was just like, dude, I'd rather have him than Snoke. They didn't explain Snoke at all. I know. It, that's that's where it gets a little like that's where it gets a little tough for me because I'm like, yeah, pal, it makes sense and in terms of a fantasy soap opera sci-fi world that he's back. Like, why would he have really died? But and, at the same time, yeah. it's like, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's just – it's always been him. But mm. – and it turns out that he'd been doing that a lot. Like, so in Clone Wars, uh, for, for people who haven't seen it, Darth Maul is still alive. He gets cut in half and then survives Surprise. and – yeah, like it was just cool because he he should have stayed alive. He's awesome. Dooku kind of sucked. Yeah, uh, Dooku in Clone Wars is pretty sweet though. Like, I, yeah, I he's pretty awesome. Like Christopher Lee is like the most metal. Like he, on uh, I don't know if you've heard this, but when he filmed Lord of the Rings and someone gets stabbed, he's like, I hey, just hey, read hey. this today, right before. Yeah. Did you share that? Someone shared that. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if it's. But he's like, that's not how people sound like when they get stabbed. Yeah, and then he gets like this old gentleman in Star Wars. And it's like, dude. Yeah, you know so, who you have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. That's another point too. How could he, okay. Uh, Ray shoots mm-hmm. force lightning on accident. Cause she's trying mm-hmm. to grab Chewie. And so then it's like, well, you're a Palpatine. So it's genetic and that's, but then Dooku. Uh-huh. Dooku also can, it. Yeah. So what's the deal was, what, what's the deal with force lightning? I, you know, I think, and I really like, I've come to a point. I'll just put this on. Rise of Skywalker is easily like least favorite Star Wars by a mile. Okay. Like, I think that was a lazy piece of writing that was supposed to, it was supposed to be some like visual language to signal. I, I just kind of tamp, I water it down a little. It just shows that she has darkness in her, in my mind. Doesn't okay. prove it's not her 23 and me. That's for <laughs> force lightning. Right. Like, but yeah, I think what it is, is it, it's just this idea where you like, just electrify the molecules in the you're like fry it like everything about it is like killing and death uh-huh. so you're just killing the air turning it into like lightning and trying to shock someone's system so yeah Palpatine gets it or when Dooku gets it it's just like oh he's a bad guy he uses the same thing the emperor does right and then episode nine says well that's actually proof you're like, ooh, okay. Wait, episode nine says it's proof of what? That she's a Palpatine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, they kind of mess with that. Yeah, okay. The Force Lightning's like, that's sweet. I don't know. It's 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 all like evil, and I shouldn't like that. But uh, <laughs> Well, the, the Legends canon tries to give the Jedi a similar one called Electric Judgment, where they're not using it in malice. They're just using it uh, because it's an ability available to them. That's but the, I don't the dude with the metal mask. I yeah, don't know. Like, yeah. He he does it, right? Yeah. And Luke and like, does it too. Um 
Wow, I didn't. It know just that. It, that doesn't sit well. It Yoda it, doesn't it, like that, right? Yeah, if you just sit with it in terms of like the light side, it's about cultivating and creating life. There doesn't seem to be anything in me that says shocking someone, <laughs> unless it's like your hand defibrillator. Right, I was just thinking, yeah, 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 so, cardiac arrest, and you get them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But. Well, oh, so somebody, uh, oh man, I don't know if you haven't watched, uh, if you haven't watched, uh, what the Mandalorian yet? Like, maybe, maybe pause this, but. Uh, at the end, most people know that Luke Luke comes back, and he's beaten up on these droids, which is epic. But uh, he does this like force choke or this like force crush. And I watched a video on this too, and they were like, "That kind of shows that Luke isn't afraid of of using some of the dark side, and he's even got like a black hood." Mm-hmm. Is there anything to that? Like, what do you think about that? I the one thing that I'll say I loved seeing Luke when the X wing pulls up into Gideon's hangar I was freaking out like you knew so that the, since the X wing came it was Luke yeah and I think when you get this idea like you see um, when they start to see who it is and you see Cara Dune kind of like start to recognize a little bit she I mean she's in the Republic she knows who and then Gideon thinks that Luke has murdered Vader and the Emperor right so when totally. he's freaking out yeah. like it makes sense but. What I don't know if I love is that in episode six, Luke's outfit, the dark outfit, was supposed to symbolize a little bit that he's gone kind of whatever Vader told him about being his father, it's kind of pushed him a little more toward the dark side. Uh, so he yeah. dresses darker. And then after he beats down on Vader and he looks at his robot hand and he says, Okay, I'm becoming robotic. I'm dressed like him. I'm becoming way too dark. That's when he says, No, I'm throwing away my saber. I'm a Jedi. And yeah. then you get him in Mando five years later, wearing the same outfit that he kind of rejects. Force crushing. Uh, yeah. Which, yeah. if you remember, when he goes into Jabba's palace in episode six, he does force choke one of the guards. Oh, yeah. But that's but, not, you're not supposed to do that as Jedi, right? Right. right. So that's, that's his descent into the darkness. And now he's doing it to droids, which I guess part of me says they are droids. Right. But also part of me has seen Solo, where one of the main characters was L3. And you've also got 3PO and R2. You can't just kill droids and pretend right. it's amoral. Yeah, so, totally. Uh, yeah. yeah, and and Luke knows. He's got he's had uh, 3PO and, and R2D. Yeah, exactly. R2's there. Yeah, yeah. Which, okay, there's another, like, every now and then you'll see a meme of, like, R2-D2. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, this is, I don't know, it, it'll be like the beginning of, of a, a new set of three episode or movies. And it'll be like R2-D2 looking around like, I've never been here before. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's seen it all. Yeah. But how come yeah. He doesn't, what's the deal with him is he's like a watcher or something. He like doesn't tell people what's up. I, you know, it. he has to know like what's going on with Vader at the temple. Yeah. And he doesn't tell 3PO. But, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, there's a, there's a book in the Legends canon where he essentially like hollow projects episode three to Luke. To be like, this is what your dad was like. This was Whoa. him killing kids. And Crazy. so Luke watches episode three in this book, essentially. Wow. But um, yeah, I think that's maybe why he gets sidelined in the sequels because you don't know what to do with the supercomputer who knows everything. Because remember, right. after after Luke oh, yeah. disappears, they just, yeah, he's he probably. said he spent six years in low power mode because yeah. what else do you do with him? He knows yeah. everything. He can that's say, cool. hey, by the way, Ben went bad blew up the temple kill all these kids yeah 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 exactly yeah yeah okay so so back to palpatine so so oh man this is this is interesting too um 
during I really love the Clone Wars. So awesome. I love I love Palpatine shifting back and forth. Was he always intending to go the uh, Empire route, or was he ever thinking like, uh, if if this this Trade Federation wins, I'll go on their side and be the Dark Lord, obviously? Or what do we know? I would say probably not, because what he does right when he gets power, so so he manipulates the entire war. That he's yep. leading both sides. Yeah. So there's a sense where you could say whichever one wins is the one that he takes, but unbeknownst to most of the world. So Krennic, the Imperial from Rogue One, mm-hmm. is actually like part of building the Death Star during like so they get the plans on Geonosis. Yeah. So Puggle the Lesser, the Geonosian, hands the Death Star plans to Yeah, you see that. He's got a thing and he grabs Cuckoo's it. has got it. So Palpatine gets it. Palpatine gets it to the Republic. The Republic starts building the Death Star. So he he can just use all of these resources, but I don't think the idea was to ever let necessarily anyone else operate on an autonomous level. Uh, Because he becomes Emperor, and the first thing he does is sends Vader to kill the Separatist Council. But So do you think that was was his original plan to be an Emperor? He wants to be on that side of things instead of... The other way would be like obviously evil, at least from mm-hmm. our perspective, that like those guys are bad. All the droid armies, that's all that whole thing's bad. So if he rose that way, he would be obviously bad. But the way he rose, he's you know, with thunderous applause. That's mm-hmm. how the public Yeah, exactly. I there's something about like so there's there's this really interesting point that Thrawn makes. So this is the first rebooted Thrawn novel. It says like, hey, after the Clone War, there was so much xenophobia against non-humans people even stopped trusting droids as much hmm. like stormtroopers like we as the audience know the iconography we know they're bad we know what that means but like for a lot of the planets to see essentially clone troopers on their planet is a good thing yeah like to see droids they'd be like oh no we're getting invaded but yeah, to see but clone troopers think- what they think are clone troopers yeah. like okay humans are here to help yeah. oh actually the emperor is going to save us because there's plenty of planets that we see that like when they're under imperial control, they're like, this is actually better than separatist control. We like right. would prefer this. Yeah. So the problem is like not necessarily it doesn't sit that everyone's like Empire bad. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like bringing order to a bunch of chaos stuff. I mean he yeah. created a lot of the chaos, but some of it was there beforehand anyways. Yeah, and so there's a novel, the Catalyst novel, which is the prequel to Rogue One, where a lot of the imperial push in the first two years is under the guise of Mm anti-separatism so it looks like this empire is actually taking care of the problem of the separatists so people are like awesome they caused this clone war this massive war of course we want you to take them out please yeah (laughs) yeah crazy was was palpatine did he want to establish order and he wanted to like rule and and establish that order or was he just like pure power i just want to be on top yeah, it because you get the first well, the first twenty of twenty five years of the empire where he um, does keep the senate going. He has all the moffs like that he's put all of his power to. So yeah, he's what's, what's a moff like Moff Gideon, right? Yeah, so they're just like regional governors. Okay, but it'd be like if you got a couple of planets instead of just one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. so he's like he's putting all of this ruling stuff into everyone else's. So what we know, like after episode three, is he spends like twenty years collecting the Sith artifacts, which yeah. at first we just think he's like a collector. We don't until episode nine comes and says no, he's looking for a way to extend his life. Yeah, 
Um, so there's one helmet he gets, Lord Moment's helmet, that he gives to Vader, and Vader uses it to build his castle on Mustafar. Huh? But he's obsessed with it because Lord Moment survives in his helmet. So he's huh. extended his life past his physical body. So Palpatine's like, hey, that's what I want. Yeah. So I'd love to talk to you about this. <laughs> so so under the under the Empire, they're all ruling. They're d- worrying about that. But he's collecting all the Sith stuff oh, to yeah, try and right. get his life yeah. extended. Yeah. And he's practicing all the dark arts and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's kind of like what, what uh, Ben does with Vader's helmet, he, where he thinks he's hearing from Vader. Mm-hmm. But he's hearing from Palpatine. Is yeah. that right? Palpatine's speaking to him through the helmet. So he is still hearing right. something. He's not crazy, mm-hmm. but he is being right. Crazy. Yeah. And we see all the time, like, um, there was one Star Wars comic, like, actually just called Star Wars. Uh, it was the third annual where Luke finds, like, two lightsabers and they're Sith sabers that are still infused with, like, the Sith Lord's anger and his hatred. So, like, Luke starts to kind of get, like, infected with it as long as he holds it. Hmm. So, like, Palpatine knows, like, all these talismans and artifacts exist that the sith have survived so with the death star he doesn't need to worry about rebels he just needs to worry about finding whatever he's looking for yeah yeah there's another funny meme where it's like uh it's like ray is holding that knife the sith knife Mm -hmm. he's like she's like yeah this terrible things have have been done with it and then she's holding the saber that this has killed three people my lightsaber has killed like twenty thousand kids yeah right <laughs> i can't tell the yeah. difference yeah <laughs> crazy uh yeah okay okay so so palpatine uh how did he not see vader turning that i think that's just I think Luke is just going to argue it's his hubris. He doesn't understand love. Like, yeah. Invader's turn is so quick that what do you do about it? But yeah, um, for Palpatine, he's got his mind on Luke since the Death Star anyway. So all he wants yeah. to do is like beat up Vader, call him a failure, get him to do his dirty work. But he wants Luke. Like that's yeah. why Vader's when Vader says we can turn him, Palpatine's like, great, he's going to replace yeah. you. Vader's right. like, no, he's gonna replace you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you right. just, it, it's the same thing. Like when Snoke is taunting Ray before Kylo cuts him in half, he's like reading his mind. He knows that Kylo's about to kill his greatest enemy. He yeah. just doesn't realize who that is. Yeah, that is epic. Uh, yeah, let's go back. To, let's go with Snoke. Like, was he even his own like consciousness, or was that Palpatine the whole time in there? In that yeah, body? it's it's a great. So there is. There's clearly a few Snokes. I mean, you saw right. the vats of Snokes. Yeah. But as far as Ben is concerned, he's only in, ever interacted with one Snoke. Okay. And this Snoke has lied to him, told him, like, hey, Luke is the one that did this to my face. Oh, um, I didn't, okay. Yeah. So this is in the Rise of Kylo Ren miniseries. He says, Luke did this to me. And Kylo's like, Ben's like, shoot, that's, I just like tried to kill that dude. You want me to go back? (laughs) So like Snoke kind of operates with this idea that he's a puppet, but he doesn't, he doesn't really say to whom. And he kind of is somewhat, he seems to know what Palpatine knows, like in episode seven, where he's like, Hey, if this girl is really who you say she is, bring her to me. Cause he might know that this is the girl that Palpatine has been looking for. This might be his host's granddaughter. (laughs) So he, he's got like, it, it's kind of a weird blurred, he's kind of his own, he's kind of Palpatine, and he okay. never really sits in a good 
So when you say he gets killed, like he doesn't get a lot expanded on his own because come to find out on Exegol, he doesn't have much. Yeah. Which stinks when you're watching it in real time, three or two years apart. Yeah. But <laughs> now yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Right, right. Um, okay, so then going to, so then another thing about Exegol, that's like the, the Sith world. Uh, that's one of them, yeah. Oh, there's more than one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, they they set up camp on one called Moribond okay. way back in the past. And that's where all the Sith, like most of the ancient Sith Lords are buried. And Yoda goes there when he learns how to become a Force ghost. But then... Yeah, that's in, that's in the end of... Uh, yeah. So there's also Exegol out in the unknown regions, which is just... Impo- it's like, it's impossible to get into, like... It's just the space is so untravelable that you can't get there. But okay. it turns out there's a ton of Sith out there just waiting for um, someone. And Palpatine's like, that's me. You're waiting for me. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Like, what what are they? Are they like ghosts or what What are those? All that? There's a whole bunch of them. <laughs> yeah. I. That's one thing that I don't know if the movie visually communicated well. That they're actually, they're the ones who built those fleets. Like, so okay. they're people. And so any any red stormtrooper in episode nine, all of the officers are all people who li- are Exegolians. Okay. Like so they're they're people. They just kinda when they kind of appear in the Coliseum, they you get the sense that they're ghosts, but they, they build the fleets, they stock the fleets. Yeah. So Okay, yeah, I think I did hear something about that. And yeah, that's good. I, I didn't like that like all the whole fleet was equipped with like star star killer thing. Like, yeah. like what was what why? Why did you do that? It, it's so you get this sense and I, I'm just going in the story one. There's so many reasons that I could dump on the writers about that I won't. Yeah. But like one so in Rebels, you there's a ancient Seth temple on Malachor and Palpatine actually takes Maul back there when Maul's a kid. And they find all these dead Jedi. There's like some war between the Jedi and the Sith that happened there. And it turns out some Sith Lord built a super weapon in the Sith temple that Palpatine tried to get with Maul. And mm-hmm. then later tries to get again with um, the Inquisitors. So he's got this sense of super weapons his whole life. Okay. It just so happens that like the Death Star gets handed to him. He builds yeah. a second Death Star. He wants to build it into Ilum, the place where Star, or the planet of the Starkiller base is moved into. Yeah. And then I guess he's like, well, what if we made a mobile? <laughs> yeah. It, okay. Like, that's the thing is once you do three, death, once you do two Death Stars and planet Death Star, how do you, <laughs> how do you make it bigger? That's totally true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that, though. Let's talk about how, how did Palpatine come back? Like, what happened there? Yeah, so the movie Beauregard says, you know, uh, cloning, dark magic, Sith secrets only the Sith knew, and yeah. that was the movie's explanation. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you get this. I think. I think what you get is so you, when Palpatine falls down the shaft in the second Death Star, and you see the blue smoke yeah. erupt after him. So Rebels has a scene where he uses a, an ability that looks like that blue smoke. So they're kind of like backloading in that something yeah. about that's important so the idea is he he gets out of his body quick enough and this, lucky him he's got all these clone backups okay just waiting to take his body so of, of his body his own clone yeah okay. even so the raised dad the clone is one of them um 
even though it doesn't look like him. <laughs> but Ray's dad is a clone of yeah, Palpatine? yeah. Wow. Okay, so it's a clone that doesn't adopt. Like, so the clones just can't really accept his force powers. So oh. this this clone, her dad, doesn't get any of it. Falls in love with some woman, and they have Ray, and Ray's super suddenly powerful, right? Yeah. So so he gets caught. He goes. His spirit goes to Exegol, where he kind of waits. Let's the first order kind of do its thing in the galaxy. And then it says, Hey, by the way, I've got this entire Sith Armada. Do you want me to help you out? And Kylo's like, actually, no, like I'm in charge. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, that's crazy. And, and he's like still pulling strings from Exegol when he's like a weakened disembodied state kind of dude. Yeah. Cause like he's sending Snoke out, like Snoke has to get out somehow, yeah. but also like General Pride, uh, Hugh Grant in episode nine is talking to him and he's not surprised. So it's probably some Imperial loyalists know about him. Yeah. So then, there's actually well, a book. Um, so the Battle of Jakku. So where Ray grows up. So a year after episode six, there's this like crazy Sith, like devotee. He's not a Sith Lord. He just like loves the philosophy. He has this idea that Palpatine's back and he tries to bring him back using his own like Sith alchemy. Mm-hmm. Um, because he kind of knows like these artifacts should help and he sacrifices his life to try and bring him back. So some people kind of have this idea that he's not gone somehow, mm-hmm. some nebulous vague impression of what it means that Palpatine's still alive. Yeah. That's so. like, uh, that's like reminiscent of Harry Potter a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the death eaters are waiting kind of for Voldemort yeah. to come back, but they've kind of given up. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, Oh, I, I meant to ask this too, dude. I've been so scattered throughout this whole time. Uh, so is Moth Gideon, I know this is really random, is he Moth over uh, Mandalore? Is that uh, that's the question. Okay. So, and like, you know, anyone who holds a Darksaber is the Mandalore. So yeah. effectively, he can't, well, up until Din beat him, yeah. he was Mandalore. But if so, somebody, if someone else was moth over that planet, it'd be like, well, dude, I have the, I have the dark saber. Like, yeah, so I mean, that would be like, um, religious, like, cultural ideologies against imperialist ideologies. So yeah. that itself is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So like in imperial law, Moff Gideon is the leader, okay. and under Mandalorian law, now Din is. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so did did that how? How do you think that uh, Dark Saber came to Moff Gideon? Because uh, in in the Clone Wars, uh, Darth Maul is still alive. He gets new mm-hmm. legs. He gets he ends up becoming the Mandalore, and that's pretty epic. And then he he loses to uh, Palpatine, who just wrecks mm-hmm. ship. I've watched that over and over so many yeah, times. It's pretty it's sick. Darth, Darth Maul and his brother versus Palpatine. It's like my favorite thing to watch from all Star Wars. Yeah, and then. Uh, he loses, but I don't. I, you don't really see like Palpatine take up the dark saber or anything. So, mm. wh- where does it go from there? So you find out in Rebels, he still has it. Oh, and he he keeps it in his he keeps it in his cave home on Dathomir, and then some Rebels end up getting it to Bo-Katan. So oh. Bo-Katan has it for a while, and then somewhere between Episode Four and Mandalorian, so about nine years, Gideon comes in, gets the saber and leaves okay and so that's like what is it the night of night of a thousand tears that they reference um there something happens yeah where they all during the original trilogy where a bunch of them were hurt so we haven't seen that as far as we know okay uh another thing 
was pretty cool, but you know, I don't think they actually showed like a showdown, but you have uh Dooku and he's I think it's in a comic or something. He's like like Force Lightning uh Maul after he's defeated by mm-hmm. Palpatine. And that would have been a sweet thing to see them like battle each other. Who who do you yeah. think would have won between the two? Well, so that was that was a canceled Clone Wars arc. So they okay. took what was supposed to be four episodes and turned it into the comic. But um the whole idea was that Darth Maul's mom, Mother Talzin, for the witch from Clone Wars, was trying to take over Dooku's body. And so she kind of teaches Palpatine, hey, All you right. can actually like take bodies so dooku's just there to like shut him down but turns out maul has all these mandalorians all these crime syndicates like he's got his own army so by the time we get to solo and maul is in charge of the crimson dawn like it makes sense like it i someone who won't be named because they might listen to this I went to see Solo with me, saw Darth Maul alive in Solo, and was like, oh, well, how is, is this before episode one? There's is, Stormtroopers. Is <laughs> he? Like, I, I haven't seen Solo yet, because I, oh, I didn't... spoilers. Well, I didn't think it was going to be interesting, honestly. I, 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 I really like it. And that's is, not just me, because I like everything. They, but, do they show Darth Maul? I, yeah. I haven't seen anything on the internet even about that. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty sweet. Is it the same guy? Yeah. Because that dude's sweet too. I've seen him with like a lightsaber at uh, events and stuff. Oh yeah, he's awesome. He's he's, yeah. like a, he's epic. Okay, so now I want to watch it because that's worth. If there's no force going on, there's not, not even like a lightsaber. Like I kind of don't want to see it. I um, don't don't get your hopes too high. Okay, but okay. It's free on Disney Plus, so yeah, that okay. makes it okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, we've got that. Yeah, well, who do you think who do you think's winning between Dooku and and him in like a fair fight? Um, yeah, I think when it comes down to it, you don't get the sense that Maul's very attuned to the Force, doesn't yeah. use it much. Yeah, so, like, yeah. just in the terms of like purely that, like Dooku, Dooku's on par with Yoda on every sense. And There's no way Maul would be. <laughs> well, yeah, that's okay. That's interesting because Dooku seems like he's more in turn with the Force. He can do the Force lightning, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Trained by Yoda, where Maul is like this, like assassin, and like mm-hmm. like uh, he's he's a good fighter. But then apparently Dooku is like very good with his lightsaber. That's mm-hmm. why it's like kind of bent, and it's he's like, you know, yeah. he's like a nobleman. Uh, yeah, but so Maul, I thought was like he's very tricky with with the lightsaber. But so I don't know who's winning on, on that level. I it's 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 like the, just the whole idea of a saber staff like Maul has in general is such an interesting like. Yeah, I think growing up, we all thought we'd be the cool kids with like the two blades or the right. staff or um, Ahsoka dual wielding them backwards. Yeah. And you just try and use one normally. It's a yeah. lot. Yeah. But I think the thing with Maul is when you think about it, he's only got one side at a time. He can't like. Like dark gray from her vision, she uh-huh. could well, c- collapse them. Oh, yeah, but that's pretty. All can't. You're only fighting one at a time. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's interesting. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so th- this whole time, all these Sith are coming through and getting killed, knocked down and stuff. But Palpatine survives. Mm-hmm. Is, is he like? Is he the best Sith ever? Uh, there comes a sense where. So so I think another story is good. So Star Wars Annual number one. There's this assassin. He's not really an assassin, but he is. So the Rebellion has this guy named Eneb Ray. He gets in. He gets all the way into Palpatine's like chamber, his throne on Coruscant. He blows it up. 
Turns out eh, it wasn't really Palpatine. It was just a dude dressed like him. Dang. So it's not always that he's like better at fighting, better at like surviving. It's just that he does body doubles. <laughs> like he's not the way I like to think of Palpatine isn't that he's like some super powered, like infinity stone gauntlet Thanos, but yeah. like some like just brilliant. Uh, what's the word? Opportunist. Yeah. He's kind of a coward when he needs to be. Uh-huh. He's smart when he needs to be, but it's never about like fighting hands. Even The one story that's really big is a novel dark Lord of, or Darth dark Lords of the Sith. So uh, Vader and Palpatine go to Ryloth which was um, the planet Mace Windu is on in Clone Wars. And they come on a Star Destroyer and the Twi'leks destroy it. And they come down. So he and Vader have to survive on a planet all on their own. Uh. And it, it just it's a sense for them to unleash on the on the wildlife, kill some Twi'leks. So you get the sense that he's powerful. Yeah. But it's more about like, you don't, he doesn't fight when he doesn't need to. Why put yeah. yourself in harm's way? You're trying to survive. You're trying to prolong your life. You're not going to throw yourself in just dumb, dumb situations. Yeah. Like That's the true. only reason he's on the Death Star is a trap. Otherwise, he's never been there, right? He's never uh, needed to. Dude, yeah, that's interesting. He's kind of like conniving, and yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Well, what uh, what's the deal with? Okay, and when 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 Anakin comes in and uh, saves uh, Palpatine, he's he's got the Force lightning arc coming back on him. Mm-hmm. It, in my mind, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. He's doing that for show because that's the final thing that turns Anakin awesome. Mm-hmm. But then in this last one, that's how he's like ultimately destroyed. And I think, mm-hmm. like, I think, um, uh, who is it? Like, Family Guy made fun of that or something. It was like, uh, just stop with the Force lightning. You're you're the one doing it. Could he have stopped, or was it once it was a circuit, he, he just was complete, or what? That that's yeah, that's what gets me because the. It, 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 with the logic of episode nine, if you're not careful, means that Mace Windu had the right idea of killing Palpatine and Luke was an idiot. Luke Luke throwing away his lightsaber was the dumbest thing if he wanted to kill Palpatine. He should have just held it up and bounced and turned it a little more toward yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, I'll give episode nine credit. He does like stop when it hits back at him. Okay. But the idea is that Ray's like deflected so much and added so much of her own power. That is still not very. I still don't think it's very Jedi like. She still kills the dude. Like she, the the novel says she mercilessly deflects the blast back to him. So you've got this idea where Luke is like, "No, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna beat you with love. I'm not gonna fight you." Yeah. And then you get this idea where Ray's like, "I'm gonna toast your butt." (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. That that is a big difference. There's like love overcoming. There's like redemption for Vader Mm -hmm. and. That's not happening. That's There's not like for, for Ben, there's a little bit of redemption, but you never really thought of him as that big of a menace. Even though he, like, he killed, Va- he kills Han Solo. Yeah. He, when he puts his helmet down on the pedestal and it like poofs up, that's ashes of people he's murdered. Like uh, in all the Jedi, like when Luke is telling her, telling Ray about what happened, he collapses on R2. Like those are there. If you brighten that screen, there are bodies everywhere. Like uh, Kylo has killed a ton of people. Yeah. How then, come, yeah. Why doesn't he seem more sinister? Because that's what I mean. Like, if you think about him, you're like, that dude's pretty epic. He's done all this crazy crap. But then you see him, and you're like, eh, I don't know. But then he turned. Well, I think I think Force Awakens does well when he takes off his helmet. His beautifully immaculate hair pops out, 
Um, and you just see like this kind of like that's not who you expect under the helmet. No, not at all. They humanize him super quick. Vader, yeah. you get three whole films before his helmet's off. Yeah. And he's like burnt, scarred, no hair. Like, but you see Kylo so early that you kind of forget he's supposed to be this villain. And he's so torn the whole time that I think it creates some sort of sympathy. Yeah. That we're just like, eh, he killed Han Solo, but nah. Yeah, right. I should <laughs> we should hate him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so I I think the idea is when they finally kiss, and I say finally not because I wanted that, <laughs> but when they kiss, you're like, oh, good. He's a Jedi again. Yeah. And then he dies, and you're like, well, okay. Yeah. I guess now he doesn't have to do the hard work of making it right. Right. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the rule on like forgiveness in in the Jedi Order? Like for someone becoming a Sith, can they come back? Um, I think the idea is that you'd hope so because you get you get a sense where Yoda wants Dooku back. Um, okay. But I I think the thing is the whole their whole philosophy is like with the lightsaber, don't kill when you can incapacitate. Don't mm-hmm. incapacitate when you can talk him out of it. Okay. But there there's this like but here's the thing, right? Obi-Wan and Yoda on Dagobah tell Luke, okay, you're going to have to kill Vader. No problems. Like yeah. Yoda, Yoda Yoda's hyped up on desert smog or on swamp <laughs> smog saying like, yeah. "Oh, kill your dad." Right. Like this is what I'm training you to do. Yeah. And Luke's like uh, uh, my my dad? Yeah. Aren't right. you like the good guys? Yeah. Well, and and then at the end of uh episode 3, uh yeah, Yoda told Obi-Wan like you have we have to destroy the Sith. We have to kill the Sith. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Obi-Wan went there. I love Obi-Wan. I think he's the best. He's probably the best Jedi or in my mind or whatever. But he's going there to 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 kill him. Yeah, like and the only reason he doesn't is because he's like, oh, actually, I like Anakin. I can't kill him. So he hopes that he'll burn to death instead. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> he's like, dude, yeah. I cut off all your functioning limbs. Yeah, amazing. Like, you're going to die in this lava fire. And then instead yeah. he's like, did you know burning alive is like the most painful experience? <laughs> oh, seriously. Uh, but I'm well, not going to stab you. <laughs> what, what's the deal with... um? What's the deal with the high ground? Like, is that a was that a mistake or can you justify that for us? For no, it was just a quick visual way to say that Anakin shouldn't have taken that chance. Like he came in too high, too hot, and Obi Wan's like, "Dude, I'm here. Couldn't, I've got." You just have force choked Obi Wan to death. Yeah. Yep. It's just you just chalk it up. He's inexperienced, or he's just he's just like it's pride. Like uh, the, so much of the movies. You, I, I, I give Lucas a little too much credit, and I'll admit that right here. Yeah. But his whole point is like pride makes you stupid. Yeah. Anger and lust and desire, all of this greed makes you stupid. It makes you so involved with your own hubris. You're not going to think of, well, yeah, I should have choked the dude. Yeah. Oh, okay. he's settled. I should force push him and then stab him. Like, yeah. like the point is that darkness and evil makes you stupid. So. Okay. Palpatine can't see through that, so Luke takes advantage, and then that's how Anakin can turn. Um, he can't see through Kylo becoming Ben again, so he dies. He gets he gets smoked by his own Force lightning again. So, yeah. like, you just get dumb. The yeah. evil makes you stupid, and you take chances you shouldn't. You like Dooku? He he said he helps orchestrate Palpatine's plan to kill him. Yeah, right. <laughs> you just can't see past it. So. Dude, that's good. That's a really good point to to bring it back as we're as we're kind of closing out. That evil makes you stupid. That is a, something we can affirm, and yeah, it makes you get out over your skis, and you're not mm-hmm. paying attention, not being wise, you're being foolish. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, even even Palpatine, who is crafty, like I wouldn't say he's wise, but it's like 
the first thing mm-hmm. said of, of the serpent in the Bible, he's craftier than all their yep. which you you're an old testament guy. It's it's the same as, as wise, right? But yep. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he so he's Arum. And we're it? told to be Arum in yeah. Proverbs. Yeah, it's Arum. And then Jesus says for the disciples, you have to be as crafty as serpents, but innocent yeah. as like so the serpent has something that we want. It's just to yeah. what end do you use it? Yeah. Right. And so in the in the context, you you think it's it's rightfully translated as crafty there? I I I have this feeling and it's kind of Lewisian in mm-hmm. the sense that the serpent was designed to test them. Like God mm-hmm. had that in mind that he would be the tester. Yeah. But the point was that they were supposed to be thrown out. Like they were supposed to throw them out. It's somehow the serpent. I don't, I don't know if crafty's right because it puts a lot of intent that I'm just not sure is right at that point in the story there. Interesting. Like I would say like he, his design was to teach Adam and Eve to reject the fruit like and think, so, so he may not have been fallen yet you're thinking i sometimes wonder if his fall wasn't when he first misquotes god interesting wow i think van hooser might like that that's interesting <laughs> wow yeah because van hooser all about speech acts yeah and that he's corrupting the speech mm-hmm. and there's a little bit of um uh privation going on where yeah 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 he's speaking because so, because there's no reason he's as far as they know Maybe animals talk. I've only just met them today. Yeah, um, right. Maybe, maybe this giant dragon angel seraphim thing is fine. I don't know, but it <laughs> yeah. should have been. He said, "No." Did he say he'll surely? Die? They should have been. Like, oh, actually, right. now I know he's bad. Nothing about his appearance was right. Um, he's probably glorious looking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. God doesn't make. He didn't make a gross, hideous roach thing. He only wow. becomes a snake in the curse. Like. Yeah. 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 So Dang. so I don't know. I don't I would still have probably just done it wise. Okay. Okay. But, um, yeah. But so evil makes you stupid. Another mm-hmm. thing that's interesting in, in the Lewis uh like corpus or canon that you, you kind of pick up. I've heard people talk about this, but I kind of picked it up myself just through the original three that organic is good, mechanical mm-hmm. is bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, not always, right? You get R2D2, but it, they're kind of the exception that proves the rule. And Yeah you get the little teddy bears beating up all the, the pure, like, like uh, what's that word? Uh, sterile. It's like sterile. Yeah. And, right. And uh, hermetically sealed is bad, mm-hmm. but organic is good. Is that a, is that a theme he intentionally did? Or what do you think about that? Yeah. Oh yeah. The, so the Ewoks were supposed to be Wookiees. It was their revenge for being enslaved. And, huh. but the, the idea was always that like nature would have beaten technology. I think, I'll take this in two ways. So Rogue One kind of says the same thing. There's the religion of Jeddah, like uh-huh. um, Chirrut and Bays. They they worship the Force. They practice the Force religion, and everything seems fine until a Death Star blows it up. So yeah. you've got this sense where like Palpatine uses technology as a yep. shortcut for figuring out the Force. Yeah, I don't need to beat the Guardians of the Wills if I can just explode them. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I think that kind of really ties into Genesis, like. You think about Abel when he builds his first city and calls it Enoch. Like, I think the point, like you watch the Bible goes from Eden to the city. So the point Uh is we were always going to technologically advance. We were going to get to cities. Right. It just seems like Cain does it really quick. Hmm. And like, he's supposed to trust God's going to protect him because of the mark that he gives him. And instead he builds a city to protect him instead. That's a good point. So he's supposed, he's like, they're going to kill me. Whoever they are. Yeah, because um, he's only got like 
two people that he knows of right now, yeah, his right. parents. Right. But God's like, no, I'm going to protect you. And he's like, I don't like that. So I'm going to build a wall instead. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Palpatine's like, the force would protect me if I was on the light side, but the Death Star is going to protect me instead. Dude, that's good, man. We're making some biblical illusions here. <laughs> I, I like that too. I just had a biblical counselor on and he was talking about, we were talking about uh, Adam and Eve and we were talking about uh, self-sufficiency and mm. self-sovereignty and that, that turn to ourselves. And that's, he was talking about how that gives rise to a lot of what, what psychologists call disorders and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and it's because you either subconsciously or inten- or consciously intentionally, you're, you're saying I'm going to have to protect myself and that stresses me out. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm not good at that, but I, there's no one else. It's me. It's mm-hmm. me against the world or I don't trust God. And so I'm not going to do that either. And that's what we see, yeah, with with Cain. That's what you see all the time. You, you, you're trying to protect yourself, and you get mm-hmm. so anxiety because you want to control the uh, situation uh, because you, you're afraid of the potential of the of the yeah. party or whatever. Yeah, I, I feel it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel that. And you see it all the time. Hezekiah inviting Babylonian ambassadors into the temple, being like, "Look at all this gold," and they're like, "We're gonna take that when we come." By the way, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, got, right. uh, well, Adam and Eve themselves, they're told, you are my regents. You are going to reign with me. You are supposed to rule over creation. At some point, you will eat from this tree. Yeah. Like he says, you shall eat from every tree at some point. Yeah. And like even um, Hebrews says that Christians can have their their senses matured to discern between the knowledge of good and evil. Mm. So like that was knowledge they were going to have in God's time. But instead, yeah. they trusted the snake and said, "We want it now." Actually. Yeah, I like that. I think that there's like there's like a soul building kind of thing going on where yeah. God was going to be maturing them through the context, and they took the shortcut um, because knowing good and evil isn't inherently wrong because mm-hmm. God knows good and evil, and He's perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But and even day- Joseph at the end of Genesis, when he says, "What you meant for evil, God meant for good," right. He's figured it out. So, oh, yeah, that's never, a good point. That is yeah. a good point. And they never say Joseph did something wrong. So right, right, right. Man, that's good. Yeah. Well, man, this has been awesome. We've we've uh, we've covered a lot of the cis stuff, not everything, yeah. and we got in some some holy stuff too at the end. Yeah. The demon stuff after all the alchemy talk. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, we had to kind of pepper in some theology to that's make right, it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, dude, I'd love to have you come back on and talk some more Star Wars stuff. I, there's a new yeah. drop coming tomorrow. There's gonna be a whole new stuff for you to read and stuff. Uh, but I'd love to have you come on and talk about that. I'd also love to yeah. have you talk Old Testament stuff because obviously you know your stuff and we've talked about that before. I know a little bit more now, so maybe I can keep up with you or ask you the right questions. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd we be really could, um, especially like I, you've probably read Jonathan Pennington, right? Um, I have his book. Uh, he just came out with a new one. Jesus, yeah, Jesus is a great philosopher. Yeah, yeah. he's coming on at uh, the end of the month to talk about that. Okay, that'd sick. Cool. Yeah, yeah, so in youth group, we're actually going over the Sermon on the Mount. So I'm reading um, the Sermon on the Mount and Human Flourishing also by him. Okay. Where he translates blessed uh, Marcion as flourishing. Yeah. So maybe that could be like your philosophy and the Old Testament can all kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be awesome to come back sometime. Awesome. So. Yeah. Especially since we're all at home anyway. That's so. right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've been really capitalizing on that, but uh, yeah. I know everyone else is having a really hard time. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Well, awesome. This uh, we're going to talk about it some more, but for now, it's going to have to do it. This has been Parker's Pensies, and as always, all glory to God. Mm-hmm.